0: Tony Speaks, and this is my lovely wife, Kim. We are the founders and co-creators of the lifestyle brand and podcast, Becoming Disciplined. Every week we meet, learn from, and share best practices with highly disciplined men and women from a variety of fields and endeavors. Follow us on our journey. Jay Fit is a retired United States Marine and has been a fitness competitor for over 20 years. He is an IFBB professional athlete and also holds two natural professional cards. He has served over 22 years in the Corps, and during his time in the Marine Corps, he excelled in fitness and started his bodybuilding career. But most of all, today, for this interview, Jay Fit is becoming disciplined. Today on Becoming Discipline, we interview Mr. Jay Fitt. Jay, welcome to Becoming Discipline. We are so honored to have you.
1: Hey, thank you very much, Tony. It's a pleasure to uh, be here, and uh, it's an honor to have the opportunity to be here with you. So thank you also.
0: Now, before you educate us and share the end of your story, or we hope the, the middle of your story, I think it's good for my audience to be aware of your context. You know, your, your every superhero mm-hmm. has an origin story. You know, the beginning of your story. Where did you grow up, Jay?
1: I grew up in a small town called McLaurin, Mississippi. Uh, People say, oh, you're from Hattiesburg? Yeah, we all say Hattiesburg, because that's the big city, and that's what people know. But I really grew up backwoods, (laughs) McLaurin, Mississippi, small town.
0: Amen, amen, amen. Now, what was... uh, I think I know, because I got plenty of friends from Mississippi, uh, seems like my church is all... Everyone's from North Carolina and Mississippi, and we always... (laughs) Uh, argue about who's got the best barbecue, okay? Right. But uh, what was your childhood like growing up in
1: Mississippi? My childhood was great. Uh, growing up in Mississippi, in the country, as people call it, you know, for me being a kid, we was the we was the kids that was in in the backwoods, running around, playing tag, um, chasing each other through the thickest trees, and so forth, until the bees start to sting us. Okay, <laughs> we okay. there, you know, horn, hornets and everything else. Uh, a lot of fishing. And of course, sports. Uh, being back in southern Mississippi, the big thing was sports. So most of us played t-ball, to softball, to baseball, football, basketball. We just went season after season, sport after sport, and and just kept it going to keep keep us pretty busy. So so childhood was great. Plenty of sports. Plenty of all uh, fellowship with your cousins. My family is large. My grandmother had twenty kids. So yeah. So my family is extremely large, and uh, we made the best. We made the best of that.
0: Amen. Amen. Now, uh, w- when you were a child, was there someone who inspired you with their level of discipline?
1: Mm, level of discipline. Uh I really didn't have anybody in my family, let's say, within disciplines such as fitness but the military. I had a few of my dad served um in the national guard through my uncles and they was know working every day on base. So they had a uniform every day and it was very disciplined, you know, about getting up, going to work on time, uh, you know, and coming back home still doing their fatherly duties and and so forth. So I just saw stuff that they was doing as men. And so it always kind of rubbed off on me and I wanted to follow in their steps. So I kind of had a feeling I might be going towards the military and doing a few other things. So I saw the discipline that they had as well as, um, I'll say some of, some of my teachers in high school that was, uh, that was you know, stay very disciplined with uh, wanting to help us, help some of us kids. Even when we didn't want to help ourselves, my teachers at all uh, my high school still wanted to make sure you were set up for success. And I think that helped also.
0: Okay. Now you had four choices when you joined the military. What made you join the hardest of the hard,
1: the Marine Corps? What made you join them? Man, I don't know what I was thinking about. <laughs> 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 Here's the, the funny part is, one of my friends was saying, let's join the Navy. And I'm like, oh, I really don't think I want to go on ships. Six, seven months at a time. I had one, one or two cousins that was in the Navy before, and I realized that, so you guys actually been on ships for six to eight months at a time? I'm like, yes, like, that's going to sound fun to anybody. <laughs> and then um, one of my other buddies was saying, let's join the Army. So I'm like, okay, everybody in the National Guard Army here in Mississippi. There's not too many Marines in Mississippi. Matter of fact, I don't think I knew any, maybe one. Or two, so not that many Marines down here, tons of Army. So we go take the ASVAB, we pass it, uh, so let's be going to the Army. And this Marine recruiter got lucky. So I, before I signed a paperwork with the Army, he called me about two days later after taking the test. and I was like, hey, uh, I'm so and so, you know how they call around all high school seniors. He said, I just graduated or getting ready to graduate? Yes. Well, hey, thought about the Marine Corps. Not really, no, Marines are crazy. And then he says, uh, well, you play football? Psychologically, he's working it. Oh, yeah, I played football. Were well, you pretty good? Oh, yeah, I was great, extremely fast, Four three forty lift weights. And he was like, sound like Marine material. Army ain't, Army ain't built for that. They're, they're weak. The Navy's weak. You know, the Marine Corps, we got the football players, the jocks. And he was selling it. Dude sold me a ticket. So uh, sure enough, my buddy said, when are we going back to see the Army recruiter? And uh, I'm like, oh, I don't think I want to go. I don't feel too good because the Marine recruiter had them stole me and uh-huh. mentally sold it. And uh, that's how I ended up in the Marine Corps. But I have supposed to have been in the Army. <laughs> and, the, and that's really how I got, I got basically mentally he uh, mentally stimulated me to join the Marine Corps. Sure, sure. Now, when did you eventually go to college? You know, uh, I wasn't thinking about college coming out of high school when I didn't have the grades. I was, you know, I was the high school person that was typical jock, playing sports, chasing girls, was not thinking about college at all, unless I would have went for football. And but after I got into the Marine Corps and years started to pass, I started realizing that a lot of successful people I knew had a college education. And I'll never forget. I remember looking at a picture of these a lot of African-American generals just thinking about looking at these generals saying, man, what do they have that I don't have? I'm like, well, of course, the military officers, I'm enlisted. So, of course, that's different. But even to become an officer, you must have a college education. I said, well, even though I want to stay in the enlisted ranks, I still think I need a college education. So I ended up stationed in Albany, Georgia, and the tempo there was slow. So it allowed me to uh, do my military work, go to college, and my uh, Marine Corps leadership that I was working for supported that. So I ended up going to college, being this guy that barely graduated high school, failed a grade, had a kid in high school, never thought about college, never thought about being successful, buckled down, became disciplined, and started focusing on school. And within that two two years of going to Hans Community College, I graduated with a 3.7, got inducted into the uh, two-year honor college, Phi Theta Kappa, and, got my degree in criminal justice. And after that I was hooked and I realized, well, I guess I am smart enough to go to college. I guess I can do this as long as I'm, I'll be disciplined and stay focused. I can do this. And that kind of really got me stimulated towards, I want to learn more. I think I'll go ahead and go for a bachelor's degree now.
0: That is awesome. That is yeah. awesome. That is an awesome story. Now, uh, how did you how did you cultivate your study habits? You know, like When did you, you know, like, when did you
1: turn that corner where, you know, because in high school, a lot of us, we struggled with our study habits. How Mm. did you know how to buckle down? No, I did ask for help. I asked some of the Marines that was already going to school. So I think one of the first tests we took in college, I bummed it. Like I said, I made a, I think I made a D on a test. I'm like, I was like, so how are you guys studying? And and they said, oh, you got to be able to perform good study habits. Make sure you take good notes. Don't just kind of sit here and listen, bring a recorder, listen to what the professor is saying. So um once I started recording some of the um class sessions, taking extremely good notes and then developing you know better better study habits, you know we're talking about the uh we're talking about the uh the amendments in this class all right let's let's break them down you know and in, in the next classes you know if we're talking about uh police reform or we're talking about anything dealing with criminal justice, you know write down, write my notes up on each topic. And then just start to, um, then just start to learn it one by one. Cause I have to, for me, develop definitely specific study habits so I can pick it up. Cause so I not consider myself like my wife, the nine pound brain. So, uh, once you figure out what works for you, which is what I had to figure out what works for me. Um, I started acing most of my tests. I didn't have too, too many struggles. So I'm structured now to where. If I got to study something, I kind of would go back and make a timeline, put everything in order, and then I'll make sure it's very structured. And that's kind of how I operate now. I live a very structured life, but it works for me, and I treated my tests and everything the same way in my study habits. Made it structured, and it, and it works. So I, and I tell people all the time, you have to work with me because I'm a very structured person, but it, but it works for me. Now, what made you gravitate toward Alpha
0: Phi Alpha? And I can tell you this. I'm only jealous of you. I'm not jealous of your physique, okay? <laughs> but I'm jealous of your. I'm jealous of your frat, okay? I'm jealous All right. of your frat. All right. I, I studied Dr. King a lot. So, but, right. but what made you?
1: What what made you gravitate toward Alpha Phi Alpha? Oh man, that's a that's a definite. Uh, that's a strong question. So, it's actually kind of like the military. Um. A Little bit as well. I was looked into a few organizations, you know, I love all the fraternities they all do they all do great things for the community and have a lot of um, uh, Powerful inspirational men out there But when I started narrowing it down for me and what fits my personality it came between uh, uh Kappa Alpha Psi and uh, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated and um, it was it was a tough decision. I looked at both and then since one of my cousins is in the army who's a captain and one of my cousins who in the Navy is an alpha, I reached out to both of them. I said, yeah, thinking about, it, I would like to join a college fraternity, you know, just to get, um, to do more into the community for one, also to be in that brotherhood of a lot of, uh, highly educated African-American males who help each other, um, you know, grow, become more successful working in the community and build mentorship in the schools and so forth. And my cousin said, you know, go to study more into uh, Kappa Alpha Psi, study more into Alpha Phi Alpha. At the time, I was studying a little bit more. into. Uh, actually, not even a, most of the time. Most of my studies was into Kappa Alpha Psi, who, guys who I was just normally hanging around. I knew a little bit about Alpha, but I didn't know their impact until I really started looking into um, their history. And I've always kind of been a political person. I've always been into a bit community service person. I've always, you know, went to the churches and fed the homeless. If I had two nickels and you needed one, you got it. So when I started looking at all the fraternities and I started looking at all uh, Alpha Phi Fraternity Incorporated, and I saw, so you know, like I said, that Martha Luther King Jr., uh, W. B. Du Bois, you know, Thurgood Thurgood Marshall, and I was just like, wow, just a lot of powerful. Um, powerful inspirational man that has done so much for the uh for the community and was a lot of the trend a lot of the trendsetters was the alphas you know a lot of the other fraternities did the same thing but by four a lot of the trendsetters were alphas in politics and business and you know I was like well that's definitely me a lot of political guys a lot of businessmen very successful and I'm like, I like the colors, the old gold and black. And I'm like, yeah, I know what I want now. And I, yeah, so Alpha just, Alpha was kind of like the Marine Corps. When I, once, I, once I started looking into it, I'm like, ooh, ah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, awesome. th- that, that's the one. And it has is, definitely been one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Mm-hmm.
0: That, is awesome. that is awesome. What was tougher, the crucible of entering into the Marine Corps or the crucible of becoming an Alpha Phi Alpha? What one was more challenging for you?
1: Hmm. Um, I said both have their points, the Marine Corps more physically. Uh-huh. I would say, uh, with, with their, uh, with the way the Marine Corps is structured and what they're giving you, cause they just go, 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 you no know, shooting, running and, you know, doing what Marines do best, prepare to fight wars and win on behalf of the United States. The Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated was mentally, you know, Alphas praised themselves on being known as the intelligent brothers, the distinguished men. And that's what we carry ourselves as. You know, hey, we're the intelligent guys, we're very distinguished, we're professionals, and uh Alphas live by that. So when I decided to pledge, probably eight plus years ago, I was going through the Army Sergeant Major Army Sergeant Major Academy in El Paso, Texas. And I was also going to grad school at UTEP at nighttime to finish my second master's degree. So I'm going to University of Texas at El Paso at nighttime. I mean, it's real-life military college that was lasted about nine, 10 months. And then on top of that, I decide, because I've been wanting to do it forever, I want to be an alpha. So when I meet with the alphas and the chapter president and everything, and they, of course, already knew, they said, you sure you're going to be able to handle this? I'm like, yeah, you guys are okay. So they said, well, let us tell you one thing. They said, what's your GPA in the military college? I said, it's like a 36 what's your GPA at our University of Texas at El Paso? I said, it's 3.7. They said, well, we're about to give you 20, 30 pages of stuff to learn. You better maintain your GPA at the Academy as a 3.6. You better maintain your 3.7 in grad school. Oh, and by the way, this poem that is a half a page long, you have to learn four of those and you have to learn all the founders. You have to learn all the Jews and figure it out. So when I say Tony, when I tell y'all, I was spending 20 hours a day, so I would do go to my military college, take four or five hours for grad school, take three or four hours to study alpha, go to bed about three o'clock in the morning, up at 5.30, and repeated that. Because I'm saying, I want it, and I'm, and I'm done. And it, it was a challenge, but we got it done. Wow, that's pretty amazing.
0: That is uh, probably the most amazing thing I've heard since, we, since we've been running the podcast. So uh, that's, that's, that's pretty yeah. daggone amazing. Now, um, how, since then, since you got
1: past that phase, what change or impact has that fraternity had on your life? The impact that the fraternity has had on my life, I would say, is definitely the, the brotherhood. Uh, the brotherhood of the other brothers that are in Fraternity Incorporated, like I said, men around a bunch of uh, successful men that want, that want to help you grow. For instance, a few of my fraternity brothers are, uh, you know, self-made millionaires. And somebody like me who's a small business, they always ask, hey, Jermaine, what can I help you do? What can, how can I help you grow? You know, and uh, then they're not looking to get nothing out of it. How can I help you grow your business? You know, do you need to borrow an office in, um, do you need to borrow a section of my office? Um, can my secretary or my people help, help you out? And it's just amazing to have that type of support. Also, um, impact is the things that we, we do for the community. My chapter in Fredericksburg, Omicron Alpha Lambda, you know, we give out several scholarships throughout the year. And even though we raise most of the money for it, if we fall short in any type of area when we go feed the homeless, the brothers in the chapter will just will throw in five, six, eight hundred dollars $600, I mean, it's amazing to see all of these men willing to take money out their own household to make sure that we're feeding the homeless. You know, to make sure that we're taking care of the tops for uh for kids, and just being in that environment and being around it is just it's absolutely amazing. So the impact has been, uh, mentally stimulating. Um, my wife loves being around the brothers because, like I said, we don't. I can honestly say, I don't have anybody in my circle. How you? We know we all hear all the time on the social media, TV somebody's hating on this somebody's hating on that people don't like me i honestly tell people all the time i don't have that mentality in my circle of friends amongst the alpha brothers we don't have nobody that's jealous of each other i've never had nobody in eight plus years to try to stab me in the back it has i'll need to knock on wood but it is it's been pretty amazing so that impact um that impact has been uh um, very powerful and so for my 13 year old son i'm already like where do you play as any college? Alpha Phi Alpha, Dad. I, I know Dad. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. Now, uh, I told you that was the
0: only reason. That's that's the main thing I'm jealous <laughs> of. You for. Now, uh, when did you know that you were going to stay in the Marine Corps for 20 plus years? You know, I knew after the first,
1: I would say, two to three years. For some reason, the military came easy to me. Um some reason, I think the man upstairs put in my head that um for some reason, I think God gave me the knowledge to know what I was good at. Like I said earlier, I was never the smartest guy in school. I wasn't a straight A student, didn't pick up all the algebra and calculus, but I was always good at, for some reason, when I talk, people always listen, (laughs) and I was always kind of good at mentoring and leadership. So for some reason, I knew that at like nineteen twenty. I just kind of had that feeling, I knew it. So when I joined the Marine Corps and I was always in shape, I could run the three miles fast. I can work out. I stayed in shape. It seemed like some of the the bosses kind of naturally gravitated towards me as that young Marine to go to to get things done. So when I figured out what they wanted and I knew how to do it, I'm like, oh, I know how to do this now. I know how to play this military game. And I remember talking to some of the older Marines. Who was that guy in the office? They were like, oh, that's the first sergeant. That's the sergeant major. And I remember asking them at 21, well, I want their job. They got a big office. They're in charge. And that's where I want to be at as a 21-year-old. And they started teaching me all of those things to get there. So when it came up time to re-enlist, I, was, um, I sat there and I debated on it for a little bit. A lot of my friends were like, I'm not doing this Marine Corps thing. I hate it. And even though we're young and we kind of talk the same talk, I don't like this military thing. Nah, I actually like it. <laughs> so so instead of getting out, I'm like, yep, let me sign Let me sign another contract. And about the time I finished the... Uh, Second contract, I knew I was in because you know promotions was coming and, and the, the military for is um, just doing everything, staying in shape. It just it easily came to me, so it was like, what's the use of me getting out when some people have a hard time with the military? But for me, it was just like naturally, my some reason my my mentality and physically naturally fit the Marine Corps, so so it made it pretty easy.
0: That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Now in the in the Marine Corps, what was your toughest overseas assignment?
1: Um, probably the my first assignment, being away from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, going to Japan. And, you know, I don't think the assignment was tough, but it was still just trying to get used to the first time a small town country boy that's living overseas. And you stand over there for a whole year without family and you're just lonely. And, you know, Christmas hit and Thanksgiving come and you're just like, boom. Oh, you think, oh, man, all my friends back at home with their families for Thanksgiving with christmas and i'm sitting here working in a mess hall mopping floors <laughs> and uh <laughs> mopping floors serving everybody, everybody food working 18 hour days because you only know they give you some of those those crappy duties they would right, get as right. young military members whether it's toilets or working in the uh chow hall facilities which i was on for like 30 days and that's, that's some rough hours you're working probably four in the morning to eight nine o'clock at night time and so when you're doing that during the holiday season, I was just like, man, this this those some days so I was kinda like, this kind of sucks. Did I do I want to do this for twenty years? <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I think my first tour to Japan as a person that had been in the military for two and a half years, like I was in for two and a half years and it was out of nowhere. I'm stationed in California, loving life, uh have a nice Puerto Rican girlfriend. I'm living, I'm happy as I can be. <laughs> And it's like artists go to Japan. And I'm like, no. Am <laughs> my whole, yeah. So that kind of threw a richer and <laughs> everything. So that was my four, probably my toughest assignment.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now, what was your sweetest assignment that makes you smile? Now, oh, excuse me. Before we go to that question, were you in, were you in Okie or where were you at in? General? Yeah, I was in Okinawa. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Okinawa, okay. way up at Camp Foster. Mm-hmm, oh, sure awesome. was. Now at least it was a beautiful environment. I heard it's pretty beautiful. It Yeah, I was pretty nice and I was on a nice base. So that helped as well. Cool. 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 Yeah, what was your sweetest assignment in the Marine Corps? Oh, the sweetest assignment was I would say apply for diplomatic um, security, which we call in the Marine Corps, Marine security guard duty, embassy duties, what everybody calls it. Sweet job, you know, able to get a top secret clearance. You go through some fantastic training in uh, Quantico, Virginia. And you get to go to one of the embassies around the world, and as E sixes and above, it's the only job where the Marine Corps allows enlisted to work in, in a commander billet. And the, the locations come out, and the wife and I get, but we get to choose between Switzerland and the Bahamas. I mean, who can beat that win-win situation? Regardless, <laughs> so we get we get over to the um, we get over to the Bahamas, and we stay in um we get a nice got a nice big old house we have a swimming pool outside we have a guest house you know we have the guards that work for the state department that are uh that are, that are protecting the property and it was just the best the best assignment ever when did you fall in love with physical fitness uh definitely in, definitely in the military even though I was played football and sports all through high school it still wasn't there but uh once I got into the military and started working out with some some of my buddies We all just, you know, start a typical Marines, say, let's lift more weights, add on some more. And then we just started kind of challenging each other. But the turning point was I was stationed at Camp Pendleton and they was having a bench competition. And by that time, you know, young, 21-year-old, I was, you know, 21, 22, uh, fairly strong, and probably benching 275, 280. And I'm thinking uh, I should go lift in a bench competition because at that time, too, I'm probably only weighing 170 pounds. But in 275 probably close to 300 wasn't sure but i knew i was strong and i go lifting my first uh bench competition didn't know didn't know what weight to kind of start with i was just kind of doing it for fun but i want to say i finished third and when i finished third and these other people had been doing it forever and that finished one two and the only reason i finished third even my third lift at a bench competition you know they how they give you three lifts i'm like when i finished third it still was like touch press and i'm like man i could have added on another 15 20 pounds especially with everybody standing around you and that i think really pulled me in. you know we had all these marines standing around all these civilians and we got the bench right there and you just laying down and people like cheering you on and i'm like oh man i like this this is very high and when i finished third i'm like okay so about two weeks later during the summer the Marine Base, Camp Pemston, have a bench competition about every two weeks. I went to the next one. I'm like, all right, let me throw an extra three pounds. i finished second. Then that's thing I know I'm benching 315, and I'm benching 320. I'm pushing 330, 340. And I'm like, okay, let's get out that. I was hooked. The adrenaline rush of everybody else. Right. And so when I kept doing that, one of my other friends who's a, he's won the Natural Olympia twice. He's a retired uh, Mass Sergeant Ricardo. Um, he lives in our Northern Virginia as well. He uh, said, hey, man, we're doing a bodybuilding show on base. Why don't you do it? I said, man, I'm 170 pounds, and you were a monster. I don't want-. He said, "I'll oh, just do it anyway. Have fun. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. So he was like, well, I'll help you out. So I decided to try this bodybuilding show. You know, did it, got super skinny, but was shredded. Did the show, had a blast. And um, I get back to work on Monday. You know, all the guys are like, oh, great show, great show. And all the girls are like, ooh. I saw you at the show whoa 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 and I'm like and I'm not, like, I'm the young I'm the young Marine like really so really did be the guy too like okay then so then I first realized like oh women like muscles <laughs> it's like bing 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 <laughs> so so uh, another thing to be like yeah I think I'm gonna stay into this fitness thing <laughs> and that really and people hear that and they start laughing all the time like really I'm like yeah so then the first time it's like oh Women like to see that. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> That's too
0: funny. That is too funny. Now I like we like the time travel on this show. All right, so we're going do some time travel. What career advice do you have for that young Marine who he he has just graduated boot camp? What if you could whisper in his ear?
1: What would you tell that young Marine? Well, tell that young Marine is think towards the future because time goes by fast as we all know one day you're 19 the next day you're 40 and we know just like that it goes by quick um you know get to your first unit do everything your leadership tell tells you to do but at the same time you know by year two or year three you need to kind of start thinking about what you're going to do and the reason why a four-year contract is going to go by fast so one kind of you asked me earlier i would advise them do you plan to stay in you're probably going to know that around year two. I knew that around year two. If you plan to stay in, do you want to do this same job for the next four years? Let's, for instance, if you were in infantry, do you want to stay in infantry for the next four years or do you want to do something like, um, uh, administration, which probably is going to help you much better down the road when you decide to retire out of the military and become a, and become a civilian? um, that's a majorly I think that young Marines need to think about it. They come out of boot camp, to get to their unit, that's fine, you're doing this, you're doing this. Next thing you know, you had three years. And then they used to come in the office and be like, oh my God, you know, I don't know what I don't know what to do. I have a year left. And I'm like, yeah, you need to start thinking about that kind of early on into your career. And I think for a lot of time they don't, which is understandable because they fresh out of boot camp and you just running, running, running. But you kind of gotta start thinking real quick, what's my next move? Um, and another thing I'll tell young Marines is do not be afraid to, um, to go, go through your promotions. If you're working hard, I've heard too many Marines say in the past that, well, if my unit thinks I work hard enough, they'll give me an award. You no, know, that could be true. But sometimes, you know, people may overlook that you did A, B, C, and D. Sometimes you may need to let people know that you did A, B, C, and D so that you can be recognized too many times, I think people think, "Well, if people see me work, uh, I'm working hard." People going to recognize that, that doesn't happen all the time. I totally believe sometimes. I totally believe in sometimes you got to let people know that you're working your butt off, you're doing a good job, so that you can be recognized. Because uh, sometimes it, it just it just won't happen. And um, there's tons of merit promotions out there. Go for it. Go for those promotions. Those promotions out there, and your leadership put out and say, "We have two merit promotions." Uh, I've heard again too many younger marines my age, but I'm just gonna wait my time to get promoted. Why wait three years to build e four you could be e four in two years and then when that person picks up e five at at four years you uh e five at four years you're already a year or two ahead of them and that was kind of my philosophy and it helps me to help help me to move pretty quick about young marines in that sense of like enjoy the marine Corps but Start thinking about what you're going to do in the future, and go after your promotions. Don't just I will just wait till I get promoted. I just said that that's, that's not a smart move. Go for it.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, uh, many you know, matter of fact, even for this program, I was thinking while you were talking, uh, we've had I have maybe five or six uh, veterans that mm-hmm. uh, have done 20 years that I've interviewed, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are really busted up. Where they have, you know, they're on disability and, and they still work out, but it's, it's, a, it's really limited. Um, uh-huh. Do you have any advice for service members who are still in? Because you seem to, you know, you're still competing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, do you have any advice for them to try to avoid some of those
1: maladies and some of those issues? Uh, I would tell them I just don't. We get, we get so wrapped around the mission, which again, I understand because that's our job in the military. That I think we forget to take care of ourselves, And especially. Um, I would definitely say a lot of a lot of Marines, probably in the other branches as well. But I, you know, I really can only speak on behalf of the Marine Corps. But I'm sure the other branches go through the same thing, especially for the people that start cl- climbing the ranks and they you know make it to the top of the mountain. They're so focused on got to take care of the Marines, got to take care of my airmen, my sailors, my co- my coast guard pers- my coast guard personnel, and and so forth that they. Um, forget to take care of themselves. And then now that it's been 20 years, you know, you done ran and you done did all these 20 mile hikes, you done jumped all these airplanes. And when you should have went to the doctor, you said, I'm good. Cause I don't want to look sore in front of my soldiers. I don't want to look hurt in front of my Marines. So you just suck it up, even though you know you have a bad back, bad knees and so forth. You're just doing it without taking care of yourself, which is one of the worst mistakes that any service member can do. So i try to tell all service members out there, regardless of any branch in, like you have to make time to take care of yourself. Because when you retire, I always tell them, guess what? You're going to be replaced the same day. <laughs> so <laughs> the same day you leave, you're going to be replaced. And too many people, unfortunately, have that ego of, I'm this high ranking person, I'm special. You are special as long as you're on active duty. That's right. Once you retire, nobody's calling you. That's right. <laughs> you, know, you, you are <laughs> going to be replaced. You know, just like now, I have a great paying job with the Department of State, but I know once I leave, I'm going to be replaced the next day. So I'm smart enough to take care take care of myself as well. And I've always, you know, I always tell veterans veterans that you're going to be replaced as soon as you retire. Do not get to the point that you don't take care of. So you're so focused on a mission that you don't take care of yourself. And think that you're so valuable because when you get out, you're going to walk into this, like where all my friends go? They still don't duty. You, right. You're civilian now You by yourself. So take care of yourself, take care of yourself. Go get your knees looked at, go get your back looked at. If you need a colonoscopy, go get that taken care of, but take care of yourself. And, um, and, and you'll be fine. And definitely use the VA. The VA is there for all of us that got several deployments. Should use the VA and deserve everything that the, that the VA is offering. But, um, but a lot of my colleagues, I mean, that question you asked is exactly what it is. They get to, the, I'm senior. I don't want to look bad in front of everybody. And they just push, push, push until, they're, until they break, until they break themselves. Yeah, that's which good. is just not, not a good practice. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. No,
0: that's good information. Now, what book outside the Bible do you recommend that has helped you the most on your life journey? I've always been...
1: And stuff, too, that deal with, like, intelligence and why some people are so smart, some not. So, you know, I read a book called The IQ Factor. Can't remember who it was by, but it was called The IQ Factor. Matter of fact, I was on one of my combat diplomas in Afghanistan. One of the best books i ever read. And it talked about, you know, Albert Einstein and how some people are just genetically gifted. And um, other people, you have to basically use what you have to get to where you want to go. And I found that book be pretty amazing and it helped me out because like I said, I was, again, I wasn't a straight A student. I wasn't the smartest, but I've had a pretty, very successful life. And it was kind of interesting reading that book many years ago that was saying, yeah, you may not be this, uh, super IT person. You may not be this PhD in cybersecurity, but where, but your genetic IQ is, in, it might be in leadership. It may be in, um, maybe in public speaking. So you have to figure out, you know, where you fall within an IQ factor. Are you the nine-pound brain person? And if you're not, you know, you have to figure out where you fall and use your smarts to get to where you want to go, which is exactly the recipe I follow for success. Because my wife, for instance, she is the Albert Einstein. She has a master's degree in mathematics, and she has a second master's degree in information technology. Just. She's extremely smart. I mean, we talk, and it's over my head, and I just tell her to stop talking because I don't understand. I don't understand what but she does. She works for the federal government too. She works for the Navy, but I see some of her work on her laptop, and it's like whew, way over my head. But uh, me and her kind of talk about that, and I tell her about that book. I said it's funny, and it's funny because I make a lot more money than she does, but she's ten times smarter than me. Right, so it right, always right. so it's always funny to be like, you know, you you're like, a. she's uh, basically equivalent to like a GS-14, uh, works for the Navy as a scientist and all of this, but she's like, you still make like three times what I make. I like, baby, ain't is as smart as you. I just use my IQ, what I learned in that book called the IQ factor to kind of, to help me keep going forward to basically use what I got. And that was definitely one of the best books I ever read because most people think that, well, because I'm not smart enough to be a doctor or a lawyer or a nurse practitioner or some nuclear scientist, I can't make a lot of money and be successful. Yes, you can. Right. Yeah, yes, you can. If you use your, if you use your God given talents and figure out what's your path, what's your talent is what I tell a lot of people. What is your talent? And thank God again that I figured out my talent was public speaking, leadership and so forth. And I followed that. I'm like, you still can be that three, $400,000 person a year or self-made millionaire. So that, yes. that book just kind of helped. So when I read that book, it helped. it kind of helped me solidify things that I was already thinking which helped me to continue to follow my path forward with wanting to start in a business, wanting to be a project manager and so forth. Things I thought I probably wouldn't be able to do because I didn't know if I was smart enough. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff.
0: We're going to put that, uh, we're going to put that book in the show notes. We're going to put that okay. book in the show notes and I'm going to check it out myself. I thought I read almost all the personal development books, but uh, that's one I haven't heard yet. So I'm, mm-hmm. I, I look forward to it. I look forward to it yeah. now. I've seen a lot of people and I have been guilty of this myself. Oh. Uh, they they go to the gym and they leave the gym and they ain't even sweat. Okay? Right. <laughs> they go to the gym and and they don't really even exert themselves. What is it about you do you think, you know, that allows you to push past the pain? What is it about you that makes you go for that additional 3 or 4 reps when most people, you know, that they, you know, when most people right. will, will quit? What is it about you? It was it was your Mississippi upbringing, the military? What was it about you, your psychology, where mm-hmm. you could go past that point where other people like, hey, this hurts too much. I'm going to quit.
1: Oh, man, Tony, you, you nailed it. Because to all of my clients that I train, you know, the re- first thing they say is, man, we hired you because when the pain starts, I'm going to quit. And I always ask my clients that I'm like, why did you hire me? And I've had <laughs> numerous clients that say, I know what to, I know how to work out. I know what to do. I've looked great before. So I always ask them to make sure they're not wasting it. why did you hire me? Because when the pain starts, as you just asked, I'm going to quit. I'm not pushing past it. They do ask the same thing you ask. So do you push past the pain? I say, Yeah, I've been training myself for years and I can I push myself to where I'm I'm about to fall off the bench or I'm doing squats when i get done i'm about to pass out like you do that to yourself i'm like yes yes i can um i've always kind of worked out worked out like that and been able to push it but there's a story behind that one too around 20 when i did the shows early on in the marine corps the one show do the bench companies has always been into it so i when i started going to college in the marine corps I had to cut back on working out a little bit. Cause I was you know, going to school at night, trying to get my education done and so forth. So one of my old Marines said, Hey, first horn, let's do a show together. And I'm like, ah, I really don't want to do a show. I've not competed in a long time. I'm in school. He kept, come on, do a show with me. So I decided to do the show with him. So I'm stationed in, um, uh, North Fort, Virginia at the time with the Marine anti-terrorism teams. Uh, me and a wife living in Hampton, you know, first horn, you know, own up in the ranks. And, uh, then I'm like, all right. And one of my young Marines again, I'm like, I'll do it. Unfortunately, the show was going in February. And like most people, I want to eat during Thanksgiving and Christmas. Right. So during Thanksgiving, I ate. My family came up for Christmas. I, you know, I had some ribs. Still had my chicken, my gumbo. Mom and them came up. So I had all my good Southern food. But I was still here in the gym every day, still working out. But it's true what they say. You can't outwork out a bad eating. A bad, eating. I tell people that all the time. I can eat what I want as long as I work out. No, you can't, cause I tried it, and so I'm still my two hours of cardio your day hitting weights. I had a nice little six pack, but to be a competitor on stage, if you're serious with it, you got to be pushing past the pain and so forth and so forth and so forth. And I think I think I was lifting, but I wasn't quite there. The question you asked me, so we do the show, and I think I finished fifth. Only top five people get awards. Just so happened, one of the guys on stage, saw so my my tattoo and said, oh, you're an alpha. I'm like, yeah. He's like, hey, I'm a capital. I'm like, oh, man. We started talking this thing. I'm like, yeah, I love the cappers too. You're like, oh, the alpha's this. So we're, you know, we're talking, talking about the whole Greek fraternity things. So we finished talking. His girlfriend is backstage with us. And I started, we get done. I start talking to one of our Marines, buddies. He's only about two feet behind me. So the funny thing is, Tony, you'll love this one. I heard him talking to his girlfriend and his girlfriend, he asked his, his girlfriend, uh, how did I look on stage? And she just goes in. She said, Oh, babe, you look awesome. You crushed those guys. It wasn't even close. Your abs, your back, ain't nobody on stage is close to you. Now, here I go to so him. Now I'm still this active duty Marine, high-ranking guy, jocked, being a good football player, thinking, I think I'm the man. <laughs> and realized that I done got crushed on stage. And my young Marine even did better, which you should have like third. Now to now to his credit, I must that guy look great. His, his back was good. His abs was good. And I gave him all the credit in the world. But to this day, I wish I could find him and his girlfriend because my back was turned to them. And when she said, Oh, it hurt my feelings. I was just like stung I was that typical junk that had just got my feelings hurt. So I'm like, Oh, okay. So nobody was close to your boyfriend. He was the best looking guy on stage. I'm like, okay, we're going to play this game. So about six to seven months, for six to seven months, I knew another show was coming up six or seven months later, and I got in the gym, and that's when I became Jfit and I went to work, hitting the weight, stayed disciplined, followed my diet. When I came in for my next show, I looked brand new. Everybody was like, "Oh my god, you look amazing!" And I came in tight, took mm-hmm. second place, and I'm and at this time still I'm like forty, and I'm competing against these 24, 25, 30, 31 year old guys. I'm towards right. the end of my career, and just because the guy asked me to start doing the show, but And I probably would have been my last show, but her comments woke up a sleeping giant. The only reason I'm still here at this day. And I'm like 39, 40 at that time. So the next show I finished like second. Now I'm real hungry because now I'm realizing I'm 40, but I can compete against these young guys. And then the next show, uh, same thing, had all these young guys on stage. They look great. And they're like first, fifth place, fourth place, third, second. And then I won my, and then I went pro, pro, natural pro show at my third show. Now here I am 40 years old. I'm like, Man, I was not expecting to go pro. So pretty cool. Then I competed in the master's division, won that whole division. So I'm like, all right, get my pro certification, compete in the pros, beat all the young guys out again. I get that check, compete in the master's division, win all of that, get my second check at the same shows. So I'm like, Ugh. so, um, so that just kind of propelled me to keep, to keep it. It just, it really started that It really started the appetite.
0: Now, speaking of appetite, that's a great segue. Some people that advocate to go the intermittent fasting way, hmm. and there's other people who advocate eating five to six small meals a day which which one works for you, and which one
1: do you recommend? I preferly recommend the five to six meals a day, okay, and that's also one that works for me. I know like some movie stores such as uh Terry Crews um uh, and some of those you know, really in shape, people go roll with intermittent fasting. I think that really works better for them because of their schedules. Um I've had some people that try intermittent fasting and where it hurt them at is, they end up, you know, splurging, you know, because they get to that point, I can't take this anymore and go eat three or four Twinkies and two hamburgers and this. So I prefer to stay with the five to six meals a day. I usually try to have my first meal at seven, then at 10. I may have a protein shake. And as a matter of fact, I have some protein bars now. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> that kinda, right. Yeah, that kind of keeps me, you know, I kind of keep my protein bars or protein shakes around so I don't have my my Snicker or my Milky Way. And uh, that'll help me out between my meals. But about every two and a half to three hours, I try to have a small meal. I have some potatoes cooked now. Uh, I got some turkey cutlets, some ground beef burgers that are 93% fat free and uh, some broccoli and asparagus. And I just fix up my trays, five to six trays in about every two to three hours. And I tell you, it works like clockwork. Cut off that sugar, you cut off those bad carbs and you use some nice lean protein, uh, complex, complex carbs, some greens such as asparagus, green beans, uh, the, the weight the weight will come off. So and I, so I prefer the five to six meals a day. And if that, so I've had one or two plans that say I just can't eat all, eat all the meals and we had to switch to intermittent fasting. And one of my uh, female clients, she has done extremely well. I mean, she's down probably about a good 22, 23 pounds and she she looks great and she's extremely happy and just did a photo shoot. Oh, wow. And we did that on intermittent fasting. My, all my other clients, especially the competitors, they're all using that group. Is That group is all using um, you know, the, the five to six meals a day. Okay, okay.
0: Now, what percentage of your superior
1: fitness do you attribute to diet and
0: what percentage would you give it to working out? Like if you could give it 60 40 70 30, which one would you how would you break that up for, for I'll diet it, versus working out?
1: If you if people are really concerned about their physique and how good their look, I'll say I would definitely give it probably still got to crush the waist, but that diet is man that diet is major. So I'm definitely gonna say it's probably 70-30. If 30. you want that nice physique, your your diet, 70% of that, that diet has to be good. At a minimum, 60-40. It's but the 60 is the larger number, it's still the diet. It's, okay. still, the diet. it's still the diet. That six percent is still the diet. That forty percent is still still the weight But I'm leaning towards because like you say, when I'm when I'm off season and I'm a little fluffy, off season. I'm in full prep now, so I'm already shrinking down pretty good. But uh, with that, when that diet gets right, man, that fat melts off and then long as you're doing that workout too, you can come down pretty fast. So like says I'm leaning toward leaning towards almost almost 70, 30 that nutrition, nutrition is it. Cool, cool. Now, when you are competing,
0: how many times a week, you know, like how many hours a day and how many days a week do you work out?
1: Um, for me, uh, you know, last year probably saw so, uh, on my, on my page, I became an IFBB pro last year. Something else I wasn't expecting to do <laughs> is to make it to the NFL NBA of fitness. Uh, last year I, I I got certified and finished place top two and became an IFBB pro. Um, being at that level, which is basically like, again, the NFL of fitness is that um, I work out now probably uh, in the morning. I like to do fast cardio for an hour, which is cardio on an empty stomach. I work my eight hours a day for the federal government for the state department. And once I get off and work, I uh, usually we we'll go hit the weights for about an hour and 15 minutes and do anywhere from 45 minutes to a second hour of cardio. Uh, so very, very tough. I have to tell people, you know, being a professional fitness competitor is tough. It's challenging. That's a lot on the body. You have to be mentally strong and mentally disciplined to stick to that schedule. Cause it's, it can be, it's very challenging. If you're not, a very disciplined person, you would not be a good fitness competitor at all. You just you just won't make it because it's too. Uh, you have to eat your meals on time or close to it. You have to get your workouts in. You have to get your cardio in, and it all hurts. <laughs> it you know, like it's fun. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's fun. No, it's not fun. How's it, Jermaine? It sucks. I don't. I'm not gonna tell you it's fun. <laughs> but it's, but it's what we like to do. So, so no, so so we do it. But but it is very challenging and very you gotta be very disciplined.
0: Okay. Now now it's so that's around three hours a day or if you add right, around three hours a day. Okay, now what do you do on weekends? You know.
1: Uh weekends the same thing. Same thing. So okay. I would try to go about four to maybe five days of just insane working out. And take a break. So if I go Monday through Thursday, I just may t- I'll take Friday off and don't do anything. I'm not doing any cardio, no weightlifting, because you know we still need that recovery period to help you know help let the muscles repair, help build muscle. So I'll take that recovery period and just relax. Don't 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 do anything.
0: Sure. Now so, what cardio
1: do you do? Do you the do bike or do you do uh, do you do walking or running? What do you do for cardio? You know what? I do it all. Uh, some of my cardio sessions, I stay in the morning. I might. Get on the treadmill for an hour of cardio that morning. My uh, evening cardio, uh, we have, you know, Peloton in the basement. I get on there and I look for a hit training. I hop on the Peloton for a hit, and I'm that just soaked and drenched wet. Um, Next day, like yesterday, I think I did the Stairmaster for 30 minutes. Then I hopped on a machine, cut an art machine for 30 minutes. So I try to balance them up, one, to keep the body surprised because, you know, the body does get used to the same thing. So you have to shock the body. You know, you want the body to continue burning fat. The third day, I may not do no type of machine. I may just do 30 minutes of HIT training, you know, stuff like you see on uh, P90X, stuff like you see on uh, Insanity um, that my other alpha brother created, <laughs> the guy from Insanity. He's an alpha too. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. So cool. Uh, so, the, so the Insanity videos, uh, yeah, which are, which are a killer. I'd like to do those to help to help lose weight and those different things kind of keep you shocking the body which should help you um continue to burn fat
0: that's very good that's
1: very good now do you do you do any sauna work as well what type of work
0: sauna do you do the
1: sauna at all yes yes i definitely um like the sauna one one for recovery i just i just need that heat I like to uh, sit in the sauna. Oh, and, and you know, my favorite is the steam room. Man, if a gym have a steam room, I'm like in heaven. Man, those steam rooms, that they, they hit the spot. So, yeah, the sauna, the steam rooms, and uh, even when I'm cutting for the shows and I'm trying to get that water out because, you know, we're trying to bring that skin in very tight. We're trying to get that water out. A day or two before my shows, or just like I say a day, and I'm trying to get that water out, bring the skin in nice and tight to the abs. Yeah, I'm sending that sauna, sending the steam room, and just drenching, getting it all out, getting it all out. So yeah, yeah, great question. Cool, cool. Now,
0: uh, when you're not competing, how often do you have cheat days? Is it once a week, once a month? Or how often do you do a cheat day?
1: If I'm not competing, probably. you No, know, wife and son want to go out. Probably about once every ten days, and it probably won't be. It won't be anything crazy in the sense of like uh two or three pieces of chocolate cake three or four cookies but we may go through chick-fil-a i may grab a spicy chicken sandwich and maybe one cookie maybe not or let's say uh spicy chicken sandwich dot lemonade but i'll slide something here and there and but then every once in a while probably once a month yeah i may grab a piece of uh, a key lime pie something so you know i do i tell people all the time that i do like to eat In my off season now i'm like I think I'm at like 209 now because I'm cutting, but I usually, I've, I'm i usually sitting at about 225 off season, sometimes 231 and I'm in 230s. So I'm kind of fluffy in at, at that rate, but I have been there in the off season and I'm going to have, and, and that's when I'm having too many goods, too many, too uh, a lot of the key lime pie, a lot of the cakes. So I do have my cheat days like everybody else. When I come home in Mississippi, uh, where I'm at now visiting, I tell people, you know, I love getting my fried catfish and everything else. And people like, I didn't know you eat like that. I'm like, yes, I do. But, <laughs> I, but as you mentioned, I told him, I, I try to use those as my cheat days and keep those cheat days in moderation. Having a cheat day every five days is not good. I told them having a cheat day, you know, uh, every 10 days is not good. And if so, keep it kind of simplistic. Like I said, hey, go to Chick-fil-A and get something simple. Cause make sure your cheat meal every 10 days is not a bacon cheeseburger <laughs> with X- and a butt ton of fries. Cause, yeah. Then, uh, you You're gonna put on that weight pretty fast. Sure, sure, sure. Now, is there a weightlifter, a fitness
0: guru, or a competitor that you look up to that really inspired you?
1: Um, probably my, my trainer, the guy chain, with his name is, is Perry Wooten. He's a retired Marine, master gunner, resort, and uh, lives in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And even though I live in um, Northern Virginia, him. And my other good buddy, uh, William Diaz. William Diaz, he's another retired Gunnery Sergeant Marine. He's a we compete in the same division, men's physique. And Perry Wooten, he's a bodybuilder, older guy. Perry's probably fifty six or fifty seven. and He's still a monster. But this guy, just I mean, throughout his Marine Corps career, he was he yeah, he was he was that guy as well as uh, my other buddy. And just working out with those two guys and looking at what Perry helps us do, and and uh, it's just such inspiring to see somebody who in their mid fifties. That still, you know, benching 340, squatting four or 500 pounds and just still another rep, another rep, another rep. And like, you're 56, 57, right? Yes, do another rep, by the way. And uh, just watching him still going, you're like, all right, this 56-year-old man can do this. I, yeah, yeah, put some more weight on <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I can do it too. Wow. So my friends, I have a, some friends who are older than me, and they are just, they some monsters. So I think yeah, I think my buddy Perry Wooten and uh, William Diaz, I'm a little bit older than him, but those guys, man, yeah, we just, we push each other, we motivate each other, and Perry being much older than us, aspires as me and the other guys to be like, you gotta get it, you gotta get it. Yeah, awesome. so yeah, he, he definitely helps us out. That's awesome. Now, I got, to, this is my, one of my only
0: tough questions, all right? Relationships have a huge impact on our behaviors. Mm-hmm. Do you have any out of shape people in your circle, in your circle of influence, and 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 how do you navigate through
1: that? Uh, I do. It's always kind of funny with that because all of my friends that are like, I say over or obese, you no, know, they come around the wife and I. My wife is in shape too. She works out six, seven days a week. You know, it kind of rubs off on each other. You know, she she she's slim, but she's a muscle in the gym, cardio and cardio wise. So when people kind of come around us, it's more of like, all right, y'all, what are we eating healthier? Or you guys are gonna cook some red food? And we're like, hey, calm down, okay? hey, don't worry about all of that. So I have to try to sometimes make them feel comfortable, or like, but we tell them like we're not judging you. So if we at you know a restaurant we're at Golden Corral and you want to order that chocolate cake, that <laughs> coconut pie, that key lime, go go right ahead, and you yeah. know, and if you have any advice, we're here for you. And one of my fraternity brothers last week at the chapter meeting, he was like, brother Jenkins. I'm like, what's up? And he's a pastor. He was like, I need some help. And his belly, he was like, you see this? And yeah, his belly is out there. He, he, (laughs) he, he swole. He swole. (laughs) And uh, and he was just like, yeah, that COVID done got me. He's put on about a good 30 pounds. And uh, I think the good thing for the ones that are in my circle, most of them will ask, even if they don't ask around people, They'll send me a text. They'll send me an email, or that way, that people kind of leave and be like, "Hey, how much? Are, how much are your workout plans? How much are your diet plans?" And I'm like, you know, and I help them out. I'm like, "Hey, try to work out with your, your wife," and I will help them out. So, so th- m- most them will talk to me because they know what I do. And the good thing, once I make them feel comfortable, they feel more to open up to me about their weight gain, their issues, and that gives me an opportunity to, to help them out. But th- but that's but that's a th- that's always a good question because it is a little intimidation factor with
0: deal. Amen, amen. Now, uh, I want to mention a part, I want to pull something out from my audience in case my audience missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you study, I've been, you know, just because I started this channel, I've been studying good habits uh-huh. and, and, and how, how people make change. And right. one of the ways is to create a new identity for yourself. And right. I'm not saying this to you, J-Fit, I'm just because you said something I want my audience to hear uh-huh. is there was one time where you said, you were competing and that's when Jay fit was born. Like that's when, right. that's when Jay and, and, and I just want to point out to my audience is this sounds like you created another, another person, you know, and that right. person helped you get to that next level. Right. So, so, so I just want to share to our audience for those of us who are trying to overcome or trying to recreate ourselves, you know, you have to, in your mind, create that next person, that J fit, that, mm-hmm. that whoever it is, you know, uh, like like and I'll be honest with you, Tony Speaks is my stage name. That's not my government right. name, you know, because mm-hmm. that's where I'm headed. That's where I'm headed. Right. Probably. No doubt. I, w- I like. I want to point that out for my audience in case they missed it. That's that's important to know. And I was just thinking about it in the back of my head. Now, at Becoming Discipline, we examine discipline or organization in the following areas. Spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional intelligence, financial discipline, time management and home and data organization. I think Mm -hmm. I know one's the strongest point, but which of these do you consider your strongest point? I don't want to make any assumptions. And which of these do you think could use some work? And most people need me to say them again. Spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional intelligence, financial discipline, time management, and home and
1: data organization. Um, definitely for me, uh, as you stated, mentally and physically disciplined, yeah, I got those down pretty good. Um got those down pretty good. There was one more that I that I like and that are definitely definitely my strong points, as well as uh I think you mentioned one about the house. Another strong point of mine is balancing out um everything dealing with J Fit and the household, strong point. The ones I probably would definitely need to work on, I think I still, sometimes I still like to spend a little bit, as my wife tells me, if so I see something nice, I may walk by the Gucci store and see nice, 1500 dollars watch. Like, hey, babe, I'm about to go buy this watch, I'll be back. And she like, no, you're not. <laughs> so, so I wait, I wait till she leaves, or I go back to the mall the next day and I go buy my 1500 dollars watch. <laughs> and then I get home and 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 keep it here for about a month, and then she finds out and I get fussed at. <laughs> so <laughs> well, she's the mathematician though, right? She's the yes. mathematician. <laughs> yeah. And she uh lo- love it death, and she tracks those numbers to the T Like, 1500 dollars that sounds like the price of that watch. Did you go back and buy that watch? <laughs> hey. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh yeah, so, and it's funny because like you say, uh, even though she does well, you know, we do okay at life, but she's still like, no big spending, no do this. And I'm like, well, hey, one only got one life to live. So, you know, hey, we we got we gotta live a little bit. So right. but sometimes I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have spent that two grand. I I, I gotta baby. So yeah, right. so I said for me, financially, definitely something I would need to work on myself. Um and uh and and again, emotionally, uh, emotionally, uh, yeah, mentally, physically disciplined, yeah, definitely strong points. Sure, sure. Now can you tell us about your your business?
0: I saw online that J Fit has a business. Can you tell us about that? And and we're gonna put the the link to that business at the end of this interview. But if you could just share with us some of your products and some of the things that you're engaged with.
1: Yeah, at J at J Fit, we have um uh, a few products. Uh, you know, being a competitor, always use these products. Then a few years ago, I'm thinking, why am I using everybody else's products? Why not just make my own? I'm making everybody else rich. Uh why don't I just make my own products and try to make myself rich instead of Walmart targeting everyone else? Uh mentioned the idea to my cousin whose name is Henry Williams. He's uh cousin. cousins, he actually lives in Maryland. He's a retired Navy officer. And of course, like, as everybody knows, a retired Marine. So we both left the same high school, both joined the military, He we went to the Navy. I went to the Marine Corps, we both retired, stayed up North due to the job market. And I mentioned it to him and then just kind of left it. So I, would have just, I was sitting on it, being lazy. Uh, and then out of nowhere, my cousin called me and was like, yeah, I have a little money saved up. You still want to lunch, lunch the business? And I said, yeah, I am thinking about it, but we'll get to it whenever. He said, no. I already ordered all the products that you to me that you thought about launching the business. So out of nowhere, my cousin, love the guy to death, went ahead and ordered the sweat gel, ordered the massage guns, ordered the waist wraps, the thing. So he was like, what do you use all the time to prep for your show? That's why well, I like to use the sweat gel. The sweat gel is a heated gel. It has chili extract in it. So uh, I was using these other products and then he was like, well, I can get these made because he ran his own business while he was on active duty for 17 years. So my cousin already had all the vendors. I had no idea that he knew all of these people. So he ordered products, got them in, come to my house. And I'm like a kid in the candy store because I see my name on my own products. And I'm like, ooh, wow. I was, yeah, I was like, so I used the products. You know, definitely want to make sure they work first. And so I used the product myself before we go forward. And I was using these other products that heats up as well. that get nice and hot. You're like, whoa, they heat up good. Put the sweat, the waist wrap on. And uh, they really help you sweat, and they help you lose a lot of the water weight and just uh, uh, excess fat around your stomach, love handles, back fat, and so forth. And uh, once I used the products, they worked. I said, all right, let's go ahead and move forward with it. So we went back to our vendors, ordered a uh, large amount of the sweat gel. Again, that's used to help get rid of excess fat. Then we ordered the waist wraps. I said, because you want to keep that heat in, so we got the different style of uh, waist wraps that uh, guys and girls like to wear around the waist, put the gel on, put that on top. And then we ordered the uh massage guns. Because uh we buy massage guns at you know big time uh athletic stores you walk into there now that's three hundred dollars for a small one if you get a nice large massage gun four ninety nine so if you walk into any of the big athletic stores two ninety nine or four ninety nine we sell our massage gun for $150. So we uh Cut the price from that 300 massage gun down to 150 for the 500 down to the one j fit sales at 150 and we still give a one-year warranty just as the large companies do so we offer the same as that warranty the same replacement and everything as um any other company would do with their products as the same as the same as ours and then i also offer my meal plans as my training plans on on the website. So we try to be a one-stop shop so when uh, that person is ready to get in shape, ready to make that life change, that is looking for that meal plan, we got it. They want their workout plan, we got it covered. You know, they need – the massage gun is used for recovery. So when you have those sore muscles, the massage gun comes with six different heads on it. So one massage gun can be, like, for the shoulders. Next one can be for your thighs. to help get out knots. So they they use for several different things. That's very good. That's very good j can you tell us about the
0: next time that you are competing? What's the date, and, and is there any way we can watch online?
1: Yes, I will get that information to you, but my next show is going to be June 5th in uh, Denver, Colorado, the mile high. Um, I'll be heading out there. And um, my next show after that is going to be June, July 22nd in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, IFBB Pro Masters. So, again, that's June 5th. And Denver, Colorado for my first show. And that's actually going to be my pro debut, so I'm pretty excited. Because, like, again, because I mentioned earlier, I just, you know, made it to the NFL of fitness. So I'm pretty much like that rookie that just made it to the NFL, and this is my first game. So that's I'm first awesome. on, So so that's, that's Denver, Colorado, so I'm pretty excited about that. That's
0: awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. Now,
1: uh, do they put that online or? Yeah, uh, lately due to COVID, they have been streaming the uh streaming some of the shows. So I'm gonna go onto the website, the in MP- NPC site, and see if they have that link as well, and I get that over to you.
0: That is awesome. That is awesome.
1: Yes. Well, Jay Fit, we can't thank you enough for coming on. You didn't
0: have to do this. We truly appreciate you, and I can personally say that uh, you have inspired me. You know, and, and I, I've recently. Uh, I recently gave a message where I talked about the seven dimensions of wealth. Mm -hmm. And the one area of wealth I need to work on is fitness, fitness and health. Uh That's the only matter of fact, I I graded myself of different areas. I'm wealthy in certain areas. Right. I'm I'm middle class in certain areas. And then the only area where I'm poor is health. And I can do this more than any other interview. You have motivated me. And uh, and, and just 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 thinking about you working out for three hours a day and then going to work. I got no excuse. I got no excuse not to hit my 50 minutes or 45 minutes a day. Amen. So I just want to thank you. You've been so motivating to me. I hope you motivate others who listen to this show. We appreciate you. You have the last word. Do you have any closing thoughts for our audience?
1: Yeah, I would just like to say, first of all, thank you for having me on. It definitely has been an honor. Uh, it's been great talking to you. Uh, and just tell everybody out there uh, that want to get disciplined get in shape, just start doing something. You know, just start with a half-mile a mile walk. Um, start trying to eat better. If you eat bad five days a week, try to eat better two days a week. But just slowly try to get into it and take your time and just ease, ease into it. And that's probably the best way to get disciplined and to start trying to get your physical health back. Uh, I don't advise just rushing into it because people tend to fall off, but just slowly ease into it and you'll be just fine. Please feel free to reach out to uh, reach out to me. Um, I know you're going to be providing my information, and the website is uh, jfit-fitness.com. That's jfit-fitness.com. Uh, reach out to me, and I'll be glad to, glad to support you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, that is awesome. We look forward to checking out your pro debut. And uh, we look, we look forward to checking out your website and we just thank you for inspiring us to get fit. Hey, thank you very much, brother. If you enjoyed JFit fit as much as we did, please check out his website and products.